just the idea that I could potentially train my mind so that I know it's possible and I have the option to just kind of stop and get off the hamster wheel and just like relax Mm -hmm. mentally for a while seems like you know that in itself could do wonders for a lot of my uh you know needless racing thoughts welcome to episode 50 of the recovery show this episode is brought to you by becky she used the donation button on our website Thank you, Becky, for your generous contribution. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. Have you established a routine of prayer and meditation? Do you struggle with prayer and meditation? Are you not sure how to know God's will? Yes, today we're going to talk about Step 11, which says, Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry it out. Before we begin, we would like to state that though we are in a, may be in a 12-step program, we represent ourselves rather than the program. During this show, we will share our own experiences as they relate to the topic of Step 11. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them, Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope that you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer, and I will be your host today. Joining me is co-host Maria. How are you doing today, Maria? I'm doing well. Um, glad to be here, having a relatively laid-back-ish kind of weekend. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, the first segment of today's episode of The Recovery Show will be our discussion of the topic, Step 11. Following a musical break, we'll talk about our lives in recovery, about what's happening in the meetings we attend and in our lives. We will follow that with your email or voice contributions and some brief news about the podcast before closing with another musical break. Open. I want to open with a reading. This is from the book Paths to Recovery from page 116. It's in the Members Share Experience, Strength, and Hope section of the discussion about Step 11. I broke Step 11 into four parts. Prayer is talking with God and about what His will is for me. Meditation is quietly listening and focusing on the power of God that is inside me. Conscious contact is making myself deeply aware of God's presence. Knowledge and power is when I stop giving directions and start listening for God's will. In this way, I develop a deeper relationship with God. I can feel His strength, wisdom, peace, and love. I receive the courage to carry out His will with love, humility, dignity, kindness, and sometimes even humor. As I said, my name is Spencer, and let's talk about uh, Step 11. So, Maria, what is your understanding of the words prayer and meditation? Um, Well, uh, before I can really even get started on what prayer and meditation means, it sort of goes back to what is a higher power. Okay. Um, So I sort of have to define that for myself first. Um, When I came into the program, I really didn't have any concept of a higher power at all. Uh, So that was something I struggled with in the beginning. Um, And I, um, as as time has gone on, I've sort of tried to experiment with prayer anyway. Um, I've I've worked with several different definitions of a higher power, like maybe it's the wisdom of the program, and which for me includes the meetings and the people in the meetings and the literature and the sponsor and, you know, all of that combined can be a power greater than myself that could restore me to sanity. Um, so that's that's one possible definition that I sometimes work with, or it might be um, 
It might be, you know, a more traditional sort of God type God, or it could be just the universe or fate or, or it could be that part of myself that kind of already knows the right answer. Um, so, yeah, depending on which definition of a higher power I'm working with at the time, uh, prayer and meditation can look a little different. So, okay. so um, as, as the reading said, I, I like to think of prayer as talking to a higher power and meditation is listening. So if I'm, if I'm working with the idea of the program as my higher power, talking and listening might just be uh, – Prayer and meditation could be as simple as talking and listening in a meeting, um, because that's okay. communication with a higher yeah. power, um, hearing whatever the higher power has to tell me, and sharing what's what I'm going through uh, with with that higher power. So it could be that. Um, it could be um, uh, meditation. Sometimes for me, it just means sitting. Sitting quietly, trying to not do, um, trying to empty my mind of things and just just be, which is actually really difficult. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so different. There's different forms of that that I've tried out. Um, sometimes just focusing on my breathing. Sometimes, like sometimes, I find that if I have something to kind of hang on to. It helps me not just get sidetracked and think about a million other things. So if I'm focused more on my breathing or I can I can focus on that and then drop all the other thoughts, but I have still somewhere to focus mm -hmm. and that helps me. Um, or sometimes uh, chanting something, like really it could be anything, just saying something repetitively just kind of gives me something to focus on. Um or listening to music could be so uh and and again that's a way of focusing on like one small thing that allows me to drop the focus on everything else um or there's kind of the more traditional meditation which is you know just trying to sit there and not think of anything which which is hard it's sort of like that like don't think of an elephant uh yeah. gee what are you thinking of an elephant <laughs> you know so so yeah um, but I do try. I do try to do that sometimes. So, yeah, I guess that's that's what that means to me. What about you? Right. So I have, um, I have struggled with the concept of prayer too, um, partly because of uh, that. I'm you know sort of still developing uh, the higher power. I don't know developing my my notion of higher power changes. Mm -hmm. um, my understanding of higher power changes sometimes from day to day, but definitely over the years, it, it has changed significantly. And I do have um, a daily routine, which involves um, reciting the third step prayer and the seventh step prayer. Okay. Um, because as my sponsor points out to me, the, the between those two, the third step prayer, free me from the bondage of self, is is the in some sense, uh, one of the key phrases in the third step prayer, uh, it's about letting go of my will. And then the seventh step prayer, uh, remove from me all the defects of character which stand in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows, is, you know, sort of covers the change part of the program. And give me the 
strength to carry out your will. Both of those end with that, as far as I can recall the exact wording. And uh, so at the beginning, I had sort of issues with the words because they they triggered old memories um, of sort of rejected religion. And just the way the wording is, is sort of... Um, brought up those feelings and, and I sort of just worked through that and said, okay, these are the words. And, mm-hmm. and it's really the meaning that is important here, not the words. Um, and I have a couple other prayers that I sometimes add. Uh, one is a, a sort of a prayer against perfection, mm-hmm. um, which um, if I can remember it, it it's something like um, God help me hold myself and others to a standard of grace rather than a standard of perfection. Mm-hmm. I often need that one, um, particularly for myself. <laughs> um, and so those saying those, whether, you know, whether there's a God at the other end of the prayer or not, sort of helps me to focus my intention and to start out the day sort of in a positive direction, mm-hmm. um, in a direction of recovery. And, uh, but the, the other concept of prayer that that I'm still sort of working on, but it is about, and this actually, um, I heard this expressed, I had already thought of the idea, but I heard it expressed in um, a sermon recently, and I think it may be a quote from somebody, that prayer is absolutely focused attention. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I had been working on this concept that, again, whether you know, whether there's a God or not on the other end of the prayer, by focusing my attention on whatever it is that I need to be focusing on, whether it's, whether I'm asking for help with a situation, whether I'm um, sitting in gratitude for something, uh, by, by really focusing, um, I'm either sort of sending a message to my higher power, um, you know, God, please help me with this. Or I'm sort of setting up my subconscious to work on it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I can go with either thing here. Like, yeah, there's a God out there and God's going to give me the... Or it's really just my subconscious that 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 it works outside of my ego and outside of my will. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and it really doesn't matter what it is because um, it seems to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, we we often talk in this program, and I think we've talked on this show about acting our way into right thinking. Uh-huh. And and a lot of that has been for me, um, you know, doing the rote prayer um, and believing, just doing it, maybe not even believing that it's going to work, and then finding that it does. And I don't really have to understand why it does. Yeah. And I can I can say yeah okay so prayer meditation so meditation um, meditation is I I also have a very busy mind mm-hmm. um, and so the sort of traditional sit still in the silence and and let my mind go blank thing um, not working for me yet okay uh, but what I have found is I've been listening to some guided meditations. Uh, I was going for a while to uh, a local meditation group that, that meets weekly and sort of a drop-in group, and they have different people leading the meditation. And and 
some, at least from a, a couple of them, it's they're sort of like, you know, thoughts come into your head. That's okay. Just sort of watch them go by, um, you know. And that, for me, is a lot easier than this, no, my mind has to be blank with no thoughts in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think about that and think about the sort of, um, I think the first meditation tradition, if you will, that, that I really started with is uh, mindfulness meditation. And mindfulness is about being being in the moment and, you know, that if there are things going on around, you kind of accept them in, but don't, don't focus on them. Just let them be. Um, and with that in, with that sort of thing in mind, then if I've got thoughts coming into my head, then okay. You know, that's, that's what's going on in the moment. Um, one of the meditations that actually a couple that, that I listened to recently said, you know, if you've got a feeling going on, bring it in, um, feel it. Uh, don't try to push it away. Don't try to make it not be there because that's that's what you need to be with in, in this moment. And so uh, with that has helped somewhat um, with this, oh, I have to be blank. I don't have to be blank. I, I have to be receptive. And I think there's a difference. Uh, and the focus on breathing for me helps me when I do get caught up in following something a thought comes into my head and I grab onto it and I start to, you know, pull on the string or go down the rabbit hole or whatever metaphor you want. And I can be reminded to just breathe and feel my breath going in and out, feel the the flow of air through my nostrils or whatever. And, and that brings me back to the moment and helps me to let go of, of that thing that I had been following. Um, so, I think we both spoke a little bit about it, but how is your concept of prayer meditation different than it was before you came into recovery? Uh, well, it went from nothing to something, I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of what happened. Um, yeah, I really didn't have anything on either of those fronts happening before I came into the program. And, um, you know, I was really resistant to the idea of prayer at first because I didn't think there was anybody out there listening so why would i talk to nothing you know it just felt like talking to myself and it felt kind of silly and pointless and superstitious and like maybe these people were trying to convert me and i wasn't into that and yeah i don't know so i was i was sort of uncomfortable with the whole god thing um and the fact that we tend to have meetings in churches didn't really help with that (laughs) because you know i it it was months that you know that had gone by before i realized I finally heard in a meeting somewhere that that the group pays rent to the church and they're just using the space there. I was like, oh, they always said they were unaffiliated, but I never really believed it till till I had that little bit of information that it's not just some side project of the church. Um, but I, uh, let's see, um, yeah. So I started from nothing. And then I I kind of gradually developed a sort of morning ritual thing, and it started out with my pre-program morning ritual, which was coffee. <laughs> and then, you know, so I after I'd been in the program a little bit, I got one of the daily readers. Um, we have the, the Courage to Change book. And so I thought, well, this is pretty short. I could read this while I drink my coffee in the morning. So then I would do coffee and the Courage to Change. And then we'd talk more about gratitude and thinking of things we're grateful for. And I thought, you know, that seems like a good idea. I could I could tack on a little bit of that to my coffee courage to change, you know, so it's 
that and I would kind of list out a few things that I was grateful for that I could uh, think of at the time. Um, and then this, this concept of prayer came up and I kind of went, ugh, and like rolled my eyes. And, <laughs> and then, you know, somebody in the program suggested to me that, you know, just what if you just tried it? Like, you know, what if it, maybe someone's listening, maybe no one's listening, but you know, what if you just go through the motions and just see what happens? Like, what's the worst that can happen? Um, I feel silly cause I'm just talking to myself, but you know, that's not the end of the world. So I figured, all right, I could try it. Um, and, uh, you know, so maybe no one's listening, but, but as, as you said earlier, it, it kind of almost doesn't matter like whether anyone or anything is listening or not. Um, because, I, I sort of found that it's it's sort of a way for me to kind of focus my mind on what I need to be focusing on and focusing on something positive. Um, and actually, I wanted to talk about the serenity prayer for a minute. Oh, yeah. um, so, so that, since I think most of the meetings, I think all of the meetings that I go to open and close with a serenity prayer. So if I go to multiple meetings a week, you know, over a few years I've been in the program, that's a lot of times of hearing the serenity prayer over and over again. That is true. And saying the serenity prayer over and over again, even though in the beginning it felt awkward and silly and I didn't quite like the God bit in there. and But, you know, it was just, it was just ever present. And so I kind of got used to it. And so, you know, sometimes I would throw that into my morning routine as well, and I kind of see, um, I kind of like to to look at the Serenity Prayer as sort of a flowchart. So it's it's kind of like a what to do about everything in life flowchart for me. So it's like, well, there's a problem. Is it something I can change? You know, no. Then accept it. You know, like there's little arrows on my little mental <laughs> diagram. So you know, can I change it? No arrow. Accept it. <laughs> Uh, can I change? And then, then if the answer is yes, if I can change it, yes, well, find the courage and then go change it. And then it, there's another arrow that points to not sure, <laughs> pray for knowledge, <laughs> circle back again to the first question. Um, so, so I kind of go through the serenity prayer like a lot of times when I'm in a situation where I'm I'm not sure what to do or I'm afraid or whatever, and it kind of I mean, it does say, God grant me the acceptance and, you know, the serenity, sorry, the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So there is, like, this God granting serenity and courage and knowledge bit. But I've kind of found that even if there is no God out there and no one's granting me anything, just saying it and thinking about it kind of helps me realize that what I need to be focusing on is serenity, acceptance, courage to change the things I can. And it also kind of reminds me I have options. Like, actually, just this morning, I was on the highway, and it started pouring down rain. And it was like just sheets of rain coming down. And it was really, like, I could barely see the road. It was really kind of scary because, you know, on the highway. Yeah. Um, And I I kind of, like, at this point, uh, prayer, or I guess the serenity prayer is sort of so worked into my psyche that I just kind of naturally go to it in situations like that. And it kind of reminded me, like, okay, what, well, and I, I also like to have this practice of, like, filling in the blanks. Like, what are the things here that I cannot change? Well, it's raining really hard. I can't change the rain. Um, I'm 
on the highway right now. Well, that's, you know, that's how it is. So I have to accept these facts. What are the things I can change? Well, I could slow down. I could take the next exit and wait for the rain to pass. I could put on my blinkers and slow way, way down, uh, you know, or I could just keep going really fast or, you know, but it, it kind of reminded me that I have options, that I have choices, like whatever the situation is. I always have choices of what to do and there's always something. Um, and just remembering that instead of just going to that like, ah, it's scary, I'm going to panic, you know, mode helps me helps me with the serenity bit, um, just realizing there's something I can do about it. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's, I, I like that. Uh, I, I remember, I don't know, maybe it was, was you that I first heard the flowchart idea from <laughs> some time ago, but I remember thinking, oh yeah, it sort of is, isn't it? I want to do, now I want to do a diagram, you know, a little poster <laughs> of serenity prayer diagram. You like, should do that, I'll put um, it on the site. Yeah, with, yeah. with with circles going back and forth, um, you know, I mentioned the third, the third and seventh step prayers, and and realized that um, those are those are prayers in a, a big book, and that maybe some of our listeners um, are not familiar with those prayers, uh, just because you know my sponsor happens to like them doesn't mean that it's something that shows up in in your meetings or in your readings. So the third step prayer, and this is directly from um, the AA Big Book uh, in the discussion of step three. And this is actually how he suggests that you do step three in, in, the, in the big book. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. And you can see where someone who was not brought up um, in it traditional religion might have trouble with that language and maybe somebody who was and who has rejected it might have trouble with that language and so that that blocked me for a long time but like I said going with the the ideas rather than the words is is helpful to me and then um, the seven step prayer and again this is sort of the the recommendation for for how to do step seven once you've become entirely ready in step six to have your defects of character your shortcomings removed and again, it says in the book, it says, we say something like this, and then these are the words that, that are written. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. And, uh, you know, I think that that last part there really um, also speaks directly to step 11 where it says, um, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Um, I usually say God instead of my creator because I'm not sort of down with creator, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I also take sort of take issue with the language, but I because I've noticed, you know, step two talks about higher power and then it just goes straight into God after that with all the rest of the steps. And, you know, it, it is a, a lot shorter three is, letter yeah, word, one yeah. syllable. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah you have care. a point there, Spencer. But, uh -huh. um, but I kind of assume that we can still work with higher power and it doesn't necessarily have to be a God God. And if our understanding of him might not be that it's a him at all, might yeah. be an it or a whatever or, yeah. Yeah, sometimes when people are reading the steps in a meeting, um, mm -hmm. I will hear people just stick the word God everywhere it says he mm -hmm. or him or his, God's yeah. or his. 
Yeah, um, but that doesn't really get me very far because I want to change. You have well, because I have. With God, right? I well, understand it. I mean, it, it. Yeah, we could change it to higher power throughout, but you know, yeah, God yeah. is shorter, as you pointed out. Um, I did find um, uh, there's a website that I found that has a whole bunch of different versions of the third step prayer. Oh, okay. Um, it's the website is friendsofbillw.net. I'll try to remember to put a link. Uh, here's a really short one: Take my will and my life, guide me in my recovery, show me how to live. Doesn't say God or anything. Hmm. Um, and then, and then I really, I love this Dr. Bob prayer here. Um, it's so um, humble, I guess. Dear God, I'm sorry about the mess I've made of my life. I want to turn away from all the wrong things I've ever done and all the wrong things I've ever been. Please forgive me for it all. I know you have the power to change my life and can turn me into a winner. Thank you, God, for getting my attention long enough to interest me in trying it your way. God, please take over the management of my life and everything about me. I am making this conscious decision to turn my will and my life over to your care, and I'm asking you to please take over all parts of my life. Please, God, move into my heart. However you do it is your business, but make yourself real inside me and fill my awful emptiness. Fill me with your love and spirit and make me know your will for me. And now, God, help yourself to me and keep on doing it. I'm not sure I want you to, but do it anyhow. (laughs) I rejoice that I am now part of your people, that my uncertainty is gone forever, and that you now have control of my will and my life. Thank you, and I praise your name. Amen. Um, you know, that one, like, really sort of down to earth. Yeah, and there's <laughs> a lot less these and thous and yeah, et yeah. cetera in that um, one. So. <laughs> but yeah. it, the way it opens, I really made a mess of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have... Um, an email that Ruth sent us, uh, a reflection on step 11. Uh, maybe you can, can you read that? Sure. Uh, so Ruth writes, um, the 11th step didn't belong to my favorites for a long time. How do I pray? What shall I say? Especially as my HP uh, is not like the old man in the sky. First, the serenity prayer is always good for me. In my most fearful situation, it is just, God, let me do your will, not mine. I notice that I sometimes use the expression higher power, but when I pray, it is mostly God, and I feel no urge anymore to explain myself or others why. At least I found some more prayers, which I wrote down and used like the seven-step prayer, which is one of my favorites now. I had a harder time on meditation. Sitting down and empty my brain from thoughts? No effing way. <laughs> All other, th- other things didn't work either. When I work out, my mind is busy. I often can't read when I'm too worried. Only thing... What helped me to really not think about my worries are computer games. But gaming has a lot of disadvantages I want to get rid of, too. Then I realize that I have my very own ways of meditations without really being aware of it. When I'm overpowered and feel fearful of the whole world thing or just another person because I try to understand it all, and then of course wish to control it, it helps me to focus on details. It is said prayer is talking to God and meditation is listening to God. When I mostly unconsciously want to listen to God, I look at his work. I gaze in the sky watching clouds moving. I observe the flowers on my balcony growing and the busy insects, and sometimes I just try to determine how anything like the shirt I'm wearing is fabricated. Then I can see that I share the world with a little bee, people I don't know who made my shirt, the big ocean with its unimaginable power or magic things like the flame of a candle. Then God talks to me, saying that I'm not alone because I'm part of it. That gives me a comfortable feeling, which allows me which to get calm enough to get aware of his will. I'm looking very much forward to this new episode and your thoughts in regard to step 11. And, um, you know, I like the, the focusing on 
sort of the world around idea. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I have done that actually now that, now that she reminds me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, I have done that. I remember one time I was taking a meditation workshop and we were sitting outside, uh, in a little woods and on the ground in front of me was a pine cone. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just focused on the pine cone and looked at things like the way in which the uh, whatever you call them the you know the the scales or whatever of the the mm-hmm. pine cone they're arranged in these intersecting overlapping spirals mm-hmm. and and they were sort of partway open and so there was light and shadow and and I spent probably I don't know how long we were meditating like probably at least twenty minutes just. Getting to know the pine cone. (laughs) And again, doing that brought me into the present moment and took Mm -hmm. me away from all of the stuff that kind of circles around in my head, the anxiety, the what ifs, the what am I going to do tomorrow's, the all those things that, that take up space. And, and so being able to, to, you know, not push those out, but do something that didn't really give them room to be there Mm -hmm. and didn't give them grabbiness (laughs) gave me, well, at least that 20 minutes of some kind of serenity. And I feel like the, the effect lapped over that my brain was not running it quite the speed it was running at before and 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 maybe in there maybe some messages from my higher power came in and I don't remember now it was a couple or three years ago but it was it was an interesting experience and and so Ruth's Ruth's uh, d- description of what she does brought sort of brought that idea back and or I can sit on a beach and just watch the waves mm-hmm. uh, and watch the people and Maybe there's surfers, maybe there's some birds, maybe there's some sails way out on the horizon or something. And and again, it's just a, a, a way of being in the moment and letting go of of the obsession with the past and the future that uh, can be so, I don't know, harmful? Is harmful a good word here? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have thoughts on what Ruth had to say here? Um, yeah, I really like the, the idea of... Um that it can be a lot of different things and we kind of can have the choice to make it up as we go. Um, that's uh, really, I think if it weren't for that part of the program, I probably would have been out of here a long time ago <laughs> um, because, um, but just that, that it's not God as Al-Anon defines God. It's God as we understand him. Absolutely. And so we can understand God or a higher power or whatever it is, however we want. And we can, um, and based on that, we can find different ways to, to meditate and to pray that aren't necessarily, you know, like some, some big authority from on high is telling us you must say these words and you must do it this way, but we can kind of find whatever works for us. Um, uh, I remember 
reading something in a book somewhere about meditation, and it was talking about how the only thing that's actually real is what's in front of us right here, right now. And everything else, all of the thoughts about tomorrow or yesterday, it's kind of like you can see them in your mind, but it's sort of like watching a movie where you have these images, but they're, you know that they're kind of not really there. You know when you're watching a movie that you're just sitting in a chair in a theater watching a screen and there's some light flickering on the screen. And the light flickering brings up thoughts of, you know, people doing stuff, but they're not really doing stuff. The only thing that's real is you sitting in the chair, sitting in the movie theater. And so I, I've thought about meditation that way, that um, just trying to focus on what's current, like what's right here, right now, that's really the only thing that's real and everything that, what should I do about tomorrow? And oh, what should I have done about yesterday? Like, that's not actually real. It's not in front of me. It's not like I can't grab onto it. It's, it's just images in my imagination. And so for me, meditation is kind of trying to just be in the moment with what's actually real and what's right here, right now. Yeah. And that, that shows up actually in a lot of different spiritual practices or religions. Mm -hmm. I think when we think about meditation, we often, at least those of us in maybe in the U S think about like Buddhism and Zen, something like that, you know, mm -hmm. um, or, or if we grew up in the sixties, maybe we think about the Maharishi and transcendental meditation, but mm -hmm. the, the practice that works for me is the one that encourages me, that enables me to, to, let go of the things that aren't right now. Like, yeah. like you said, yeah, you know, it's a movie or it's, uh, and I understand, you know, when you were talking about, about getting caught up in a movie, I, I, I do that when I'm reading a book. Oh yeah. I totally get into a visualization of uh -huh. what's happening and, and I don't feel like, oh, I'm sitting in a chair looking at words on a piece of paper. Right. I mean, that's even more removed than, than right. light flickering on a screen and, right. and, and loud noises coming from speakers on the wall, which you get in the movie theater. And last night I was – I went to, to, to hear a band play that, that I hadn't heard. And, and, you know, I enjoyed the music most of the time, some of their, some of their stuff I wasn't wild about. And I had also brought a book just in case. Okay. Um, and it was not very bright in the place where I was. And I couldn't get into the book because I had to focus on the fact that I was reading these words on this paper in this dim light, mm -hmm. that the actual act of reading took my attention and I couldn't get, couldn't get away from that. Uh, so I don't know. That has nothing to do with prayer and meditation. It just was something that, that <laughs> like, you know, train of thought here. Whoa, we'll just go crazy off in the wild blue yonder. Yeah. Um, but, but what you were saying about, um, I think in, in Western culture, there's not really a whole lot of meditation. Um, there was. Or, or there, okay. You think about the monastic tradition, well, okay. the hermetic tradition. Okay. Um, definitely. I mean, Early in early Christianity, there was a lot of, you know, people who went off into the desert to to mm -hmm. pray. And I don't know if the word meditate was used, but you know, if you're sitting there by yourself doing nothing but 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 praying, you're also meditating. Mm -hmm. um, and in the monastic tradition, uh, definitely you had meditation. You know, 
meditating maybe on the words of something, meditating on a Bible verse. And the, yeah. there's a, there is a, the, the Western tradition of meditation really, um, in my understanding, is more what um, the AA founders meant when they said meditation, which was focusing on a concept, focusing on a precept uh, to sort of to the exclusion of whatever else. And in that sense, it's very similar to the, the empty your mind form that you're, you're in the empty your mind form, you're sort of focusing on nothing. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the, in this tradition, you're focusing on a particular thing, but, but it's that one thing and it's not everything else. Um, And uh, so there is a tradition, but it's, it's, it's not what our current, picture of meditation yeah. is when you say meditate to somebody that's not the picture they get now that's true and and there's i mean unless you're in a monastery eh, you know there's there's not a whole lot of it around which in some ways i kind of feel like it, it leaves the, the floor wide open for what that means and and it's i kind which of like good. it's yeah i like having that that creativity like you can just make it up and do do things however you want um i i actually for a while i was with my morning um Coffee, courage to change, gratitude list, serenity prayer. I was sometimes adding in a little bit of meditation in there. And sometimes it would just be trying to not, you know, trying to empty my mind. And sometimes it would be other things. But for a while it was, um, uh, I had brought back this this CD of some chanting from, uh, I had gone on a, a trip and had been to this Buddhist nunnery in, in Hong Kong and we had been on this trip, and um, uh, it it was, I mean, Hong Kong is just a very packed place. Like, there are just a lot of people there, and it, it, it was a chaotic, kind of chaotic experience. I mean, it was a great experience, um, but it was very, very hectic, a lot of people, a lot going on, and very busy, busy, busy. Um, and then one of the things we went to see was we went to this Buddhist nunnery, and we went in there, and it was just like... It was like this whoosh of like, it was suddenly like quiet. There was this like soft chanting going on and we went in and there's these beautiful grounds with pools of little ponds with lotuses on them and, you know, statues. And um, there was a an area in the middle where they had the different statues of different Buddhas and incense going and could see some monks walking around here and there and it was just this incredibly peaceful place and it was just so different from the the rest of that trip it was just this sudden instant place of serenity and it was kind of great so I got this cd of of the chanting from there and I brought it back with me and um and I mean I've, I've been to to a number of you know, Buddhist temples before, so it's not like I hadn't seen that before, but there was something about that place that the serenity of it really struck me, and um, so I had this CD, and I would I would put it on every every now and then, and just kind of listen to, there was this chanting where it had, like, two words basically, and it would the melody would kind of go up a little and then go down a little, and it would just be these two words on repeat, and it just went on for, like, almost an hour it just on and on and on and and somehow it i i would listen to it and it kind of mentally i was able to kind of go back to that place of serenity and remember what it felt like to be there and how peaceful it was and how beautiful it was and just it was it was nice to have that um 
that way that, you know, of just kind of listening and remembering that I basically just made up that, you know, that's not really... It was just sort of a personal form of meditation because it was my own memory of this place. Um, but but it worked for me, and I did that for a little while. And um, I don't know. I like that we kind of have the freedom to do what works for us. Yeah, and and uh, I know you sent me the file of that, that chanting, which I have not listened to yet. I just looked okay. at it and said, wow, it is an hour long. Yeah, it's really long. <laughs> um we might, if I can figure out how to put up a link on the website, yeah. we, we, we can cut it down to a shorter. Give you the bit. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cut it down to five or ten minutes, right? Because it's sort of all the same for now. Yeah, it's all the same. Okay. But yeah. Um, well, that's cool. Um, you know, I I don't know. I think I may have told this story on the show before, but it it illustrates to me that there are lots of different forms of meditation, and actually one of the one of the times when I'm sometimes able to what I consider meditation is uh, I can walk to work if I leave myself enough time and it takes me 25 minutes or so to walk to work. And I can, I can get myself into a sort of meditative state where I'm just walking along and, and I'm not really, it's a different one because I'm not really being paying attention to what's around me. I'm kind of, you know, in my head, not really thinking about anything in particular, but, a couple of years ago, year and a half ago, I guess it was because it was summer and now it's almost winter. Uh, I was one of the staff for uh, a week long uh, week long training for youth who were interested in um, being in leadership in in our church, and it involved a lot of different things: learning about what it means to to be a leader, how, how, you know, techniques and so on. But also there was a big spiritual component. And one of the things that they did was there were, they would every afternoon, they had a time to sort of contemplate a question would question things like, what is truth? Who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose? Really simple questions. Takes mm -hmm. no time at all to think about those things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they were supposed to go off for, I don't know, an hour and a half or two hours and think about this question and write, maybe write some stuff down, whatever came to them. And then we would meet in the evening in a small group and, and talk about what they discovered in the afternoon. It was really, really hot that week. I mean, it was like 100 degrees kind of hot uh -huh. and dry. This was Wisconsin, so it's kind of unusual for Wisconsin, but I think, I don't know. And... So one day we got together in the evening and, and we were going around and they were talking about what, what they had thought about, what they had maybe what they had written down. And, and this one girl said, well, actually, I, I kind of didn't do it. I went outside and it was so hot and there was a big sprinkler going. And so I went and I stood over by the sprinkler and the, the water came around and it sprayed me and it was really cold and I sort of jumped and shivered and... And and I watched it, and it, it was rainbows from the spray, and and it came around again, and I did this for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and I said to her, "You may think you weren't doing anything, but I would suggest that you were actually meditating, that you were totally in that moment, uh, and that there are lots of different ways to meditate, and it doesn't have to be sitting in the lotus position chanting." Um, so, uh, you talked about your routine and, and I, I'm still working on a routine. I do most mornings. I remember to, uh, uh, 
um, pull out my prayers and read them. And usually out loud, it depends, um, you know, where I am at that moment. Uh, if I'm in a place by myself, I can do that. If I'm uh, maybe uh, just around the corner from where my wife's still asleep in bed, I might not read them out loud, but it really helps me to say the words out loud to, to mean them, to, to, to make them, to make them real. Uh, sometimes I'll say one sentence and just sort of sit with it for a moment to feel the meaning of that sentence, um, as I go through. And I've been sort of back and forth on whether meditation ends up being part of that routine. And I'm trying to get it back in, um, just something short, like five or 10 minutes, just being still, kind of, um, you know, letting my mind be ready, letting my, my, my body, my spirit be ready for the day. And so it, it, as I say, it's, it's, it's a, it's a work in progress. Um, the serenity prayer is one of those things that's a little more, like you said, sort of a reflex, mm-hmm. um, God grant me the serenity to get through the next five minutes, please. <laughs> 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 Understood. Uh, <laughs> And sometimes that's 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 all of it, you know. Just grab me the serenity, okay? I I, I I'm having trouble accepting. Um, so, prayer. You know, when I was little, like you said about superstition, I had this sort of superstitious prayer um, mm-hmm. of the uh, "God, please give me a pony" sort. Uh-huh. Never worked. Uh, never got a pony. Not that I wanted a pony, but you know. The principle of the thing, you know, give me a toy car or whatever it was I wanted, or, or, or you know, make my brother go away. <laughs> uh, yeah. That sort of prayer. Those, those prayers didn't work for me. And, uh, and so I was like, oh, yeah, well, prayer doesn't work. Uh, and, uh, and now I understand it's because um, I was – I don't want to say I wasn't praying for the right thing, but that's sort of what I mean, um, that – if I pray to understand my higher power's will for me and pray for the power to carry that will out, I get answers. I get a response. Sometimes it doesn't come right away. Sometimes it's not what I want it to be, of course, but mm-hmm. you know, that's a separate issue. Uh, and and so that that version of prayer works for me. And the version of prayer that says, you know, I am thankful for what I have. Yeah. Um, that version of prayer works for me. The version of prayer that says, dear God, I know I can't control my wife, my children, my dog, whatever. Um, Help me to accept them as they are. That version of prayer works sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it probably works, but I don't let it, right? Um, uh, So this, this, this third part here, improving your conscious contact with your higher power, how do you see that working for you? Um, well, I I guess I still partly see it as prayer, which honestly sometimes does kind of feel like just going through the motions. Um, maybe something will come of it. Maybe nothing does. Maybe it did, but I couldn't tell, so I don't know. Um, but uh, at, at least if I'm using the higher power as program concept. There are a bunch of different ways I can improve my conscious contact with my program. Um, and I can do that by going to meetings or, you know, going to another meeting, just listening, picking up some more things that people have to say, reading some of the literature, um, or, um, 
kind of pushing my, myself to do to do more than I have been doing, um, like, uh, you know, like going on this podcast mm-hmm. or um, giving a lead at a meeting or sharing sharing stuff like that. Um, so that's that's one way. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess I kind of feel like this step kind of says the prayer and meditation are the way to improve your conscious contact. So right. I don't know if there's supposed to be anything further. Yeah. I look at the, I'm, I'm looking back at the reading that we had at the beginning okay. where the person said, for them, conscious contact is making myself deeply aware of God's presence. Uh, and I get that. I get that. I mean, I had, I had no awareness of any kind of higher power presence, um, pre-program. Yeah. And, and now I do, and it 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 varies from day to day what that is. Um, so yeah, and I think that that just came through through doing this, doing the you know putting the one foot in front of another, doing mm-hmm. the next the next right thing, or as as I hear from uh, some of my AA program friends, doing what's given me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Howie's in the chat room, and um, and. This goes back a little bit to our discussion about other kinds of meditation. And he said, walking and driving is a form of meditation for me. I'm able to stop thinking. I would always describe it as those activities quieted my demons. Yeah. A thing about me. I live to walk and drive. When I drive to Florida, I will often drive the 17 hours straight through just stopping for gas and restroom breaks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hey, that works, huh? Yeah, I mean anything that kind of keeps you in the moment. You just watch the cars go by and 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 yeah. and how he says that he can't remember your name because I think we probably said it like once so far uh, because yeah. there's just the two of us here so we're just talking to each other. This is Maria, Howie. Yes. Uh, and uh we uh yeah, if we had three people we'd be saying names a little more often, I think. Um here's a hard part for me. How do I know if I understand God's will for me? How do I, you know, how do I know it's not just, you know, my sneaky brain telling me what I want to hear? Oh, that's tricky. Sneaky brain is sneaky. So yeah, sneaky brain is sneaky. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's hard to know. Um, I, uh, um, there was something in uh, Courage to Change here that was something about instincts. Um, okay, here, I'm going to read a little bit. This is yeah. um, from Courage to Change. I've spent too much of the past working against my better instincts. God gave me instincts as a help, not a hindrance. The more I am quiet enough to discover and follow these instincts, the stronger they become. Um, and so I, for me, that kind of helps just, for me, it, it kind of goes back to that concept of higher power as maybe that higher part of myself that kind of like that quiet still voice that knows what's best for me that knows what I really should be doing um but is frequently drowned out by the louder part of me that wants something else um (laughs) but so so for me a lot of times it's a gut check it's like does this feel do I feel calm and good about whatever decision it is that I'm making here? Does this feel like the right thing? Or can I feel myself being like on edge or like checking my phone every five minutes because I'm waiting to hear back from somebody else about the whatever it was? And like, you know, that's kind of usually a sign that like, not a good idea, whatever it is that you're obsessing about. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. But whether or not that's really a higher power, I don't know. Take it as a higher power, right? Yeah. I have, I think I have several different signs. Um, one of the ways that I might, I mean, I like what you said about instinct because sometimes I can say, oh, yeah, that seems right. That feels right. Yeah. Um, so one of the signs that maybe I'm not following God's will is when I really, 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 really want something, but I'm still kind of asking about it. Like, is Wait, this... What do you mean asking about it? Um, sort of questioning, is this really the right thing? I really want oh. this, but is it the right thing? Yeah. That's probably a sign that that's my will. Oh. You know? <laughs> um, so I guess that goes back to instinct, right? I, I have an instinct that it might not be the right thing. Um, so what can I do? Well, I can try to hear God's will through a number of different voices. Mm -hmm. yeah. I can look at the literature. I can go to a meeting. I can call a friend. Um, I can meditate. That may or may not help, but it helps to calm my mind at least, and then maybe things become clearer. Um, yeah. And, and and so I, I guess I would say I can I can triangulate the question. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, and I've heard people say that they hear their higher power speak through other people. Um, sometimes other people in the program were just other people. Um, so that's yeah, as you said, like maybe if you're not sure if it's my my will or higher powers will, maybe I could talk to a friend in the program. Maybe I could like ask a sponsor. I could you know. And try to get other people's input um, into the question. But then that can be tricky, too, because sometimes I will just keep asking people till I get the response get I the want. the answer you want, right, yeah. <laughs> or, or I, I, you know, then that go goes down the whole people-pleasing route, and I get too many different answers that weren't what I want, and then I can't, I'm starting to question what, what it was, and yeah. did I really want that, or will they think this other thing is better, and I don't even know anymore for myself, so... It's complicated. I've definitely had this experience where I'm struggling with something. I don't know how to deal with a situation um, or I'm working through, um, had a couple of cir circumstances this summer I was working through some grief. And by, you know, doing these things, going to a meeting, talking to somebody, picking up a book, um, I have had this experience where like each meeting I went to for a week, it seemed like, they were all focused directly on the thing I was struggling with. Mm. And then I know I can be pretty sure that I'm, I'm sort of hearing my higher powers will yeah. through these experiences and it takes some time. And that is hard for me sometimes too. You know, patience is God grant me the patience to wait for the serenity. I don't know. Um, <laughs> God may be, God grant me the patience to wait to know your will. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's not an easy one. It's not an easy one. But I think the main thing for me is that, so if I hear an answer that is not in alignment with what I want, mm -hmm. I'm more positive that that actually is God's will than if I hear an answer that is exactly in alignment <laughs> with what I want. Uh, you know, it's like, no, I would never have thought of that. Okay, that must be what I need to do. Darn it. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so do you have any final thoughts on, on how step 11, uh, works in your life, um, um, today? Uh, I guess my, uh, one thing I thought is just, just as, as a codependent, um, my mind is always kind of racing and like worrying about things and planning things and just generally stressing out. And, uh, 
seems like meditation seems like a really good idea <laughs> for that. Like, what's the opposite of that? Uh, thinking about nothing for a while mm-hmm. or thinking about one small, simple thing and just dropping everything else. So in some ways, it just seems like a great antidote to that. Um, and and I need to work on that more. But uh, just the idea that I could potentially train my mind so that I know it's possible and I have the option to just kind of stop and get off the hamster wheel and just like relax mm-hmm. mentally for a while seems like you know that in itself could do wonders for a lot of my uh you know needless racing thoughts yeah I think for me I'm I'm actually finding that there is power in prayer and there is power in in rote prayer um, because Mark of the Recovered Cast has has said any number of times to me, prayer does not change God. Prayer changes me. And I see that. Um, when I, a, a prayer that I use, um, that I, I have on my, my short list is, uh, it's commonly called the St. Francis Prayer. Um, although apparently... St. Francis didn't actually write it, but whatever. Um, and um, so one that starts out, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is error, truth. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, and it is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And if I say that, it puts me in a different place. Yeah. And that's powerful. Yeah. Um, And whether there's a God out there that's actually going to deliver those things to me, I'm changed. Yeah. Okay? Because, I mean, for me anyway, like that kind of thing kind of makes me realize I can change myself in those directions. Whether or not there is a God that's helping me along the way, I'm not sure. But, yeah, just having the reminder that that's where I want to go. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to take a break with some music, and we'll be back to talk about our lives in recovery. What have we got? Okay. Our few first musical selection is a piece called Homesick by Shaolin. This is uh, some instrumental Chinese traditional music. Um, it's really slow and peaceful and... For me, just listening to it and focusing on the music, it's the music is so slow, it kind of slows my mind down and helps clear other thoughts away, and it just kind of feels like meditation in and of itself.
In this section of the podcast, we talk about our lives in recovery, what's happening in our meetings and in our lives this week. Uh, Maria, how was your week? Uh, it was good. Um, so Monday, I went to uh, my AWOL group. We're just starting step eight. So we, we read through the section in the uh, the TAN book, the Paths to Recovery book on step eight, and then we kind of had a really good discussion about... Um, uh, well, and, and step eight is made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Right. Yes. All right. Um, yeah. So, so we, yeah, we had a good discussion about, about that, about things that should or should not go on the list. Um, one person shared about kind of peeking ahead to step nine to get a clear idea of like what the amends, what does that mean exactly? And that struck me as a good idea. I'm like, how do I know if I'm willing, if I'm not even willing to do what exactly? Like, yeah, so um, that was really good. And let's see, Wednesday I went to a meeting and we talked about step 11, which was kind of good preparation for, for today. Um, and uh, I, I at that meeting I shared about how, you know, in the beginning I had trouble with, with prayer, but meditation... You don't really have to believe in a god or anything, really, to meditate. So so I thought, like, well, okay, I don't really have a problem with that. I could try that. Um, and some people have trouble with the sitting still part of it, which I do a little bit, but not that much. Um, I actually don't mind just sitting around. <laughs> um, but But I don't really do it all that much. It kind of feels kind of feels too luxurious to just sit down and do nothing like it feels like a vacation that I don't have time for and it kind of feels like like maybe it's a, a self-care or self-worth sort of issue that I have like I know this is a good idea in theory but I can't I've, I should be doing other things for other people and I don't have time for this thing for me um so that was what I shared about, and then Spencer spoke up right away. And I don't know if you wanted to share what you mentioned about the. I don't uh, remember exactly what yeah, I said, well, so why don't you go okay, ahead? Okay, I'll <laughs> well, I'll say what I heard Spencer say. I mean, um, so what I heard was uh, Spencer talked about how he gets vacation time at work, and how his employer has decided that it was a good idea for him to have vacation time, certain amount of time off, and if he. If he doesn't use it, then he will end up losing the vacation time. And the the idea is that the employer has decided it makes makes him a more productive worker if he has time to just not be at work and have a break. And so he kind of applied that that theory to uh, meditation. And it was sort of exactly what I needed to hear because, like, oh, I could do this because my not doing anything now makes me more effective when I am doing later. Um, and also kind of help me think about, well, yeah, I kind of have a similar situation at work and I'm always like, dang it, I'm taking my vacation days. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna work through my vacation. That's ridiculous, you know? So I kind of need to apply that to meditation as well. Um, to, to start, start doing it. I had, um, for a little while I had been doing, trying to do yoga every day and there, it kind of, ended with a little bit of relaxation and almost meditation kind of stuff at the end. And so when I was doing that regularly, I would tack on 
you know, maybe 10 or 15 minutes of meditation afterwards. And I felt like I kind of got to a got to a deeper place and was able to meditate better after having gone through the, you know, practicing breathing and practicing relaxing. Um, but then lately I've kind of fallen into this habit of like, oh, well, I don't really have time to do the yoga. And so, well, I don't, so because I don't do that and that comes before the meditation, then I don't do the meditation either, which is, you know, not ideal. Sometimes I think maybe I should go back to tacking it on to my morning routine, uh, which I had done that for a little while. Um, but then it was all starting to take a little while uh, to get through the whole routine and uh, getting getting where I need to be in the morning on time. is sort of an issue. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm not quite sure. But, but yeah, I want to get back to more meditation. Um, so anyway, but that was, that was a meeting on Wednesday. Um, on Friday, I went to a meeting and we talked about Tradition 11, um, which is, which is anonymity. Like, uh, yes, anonymity and, okay, here it is. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, and TV. We need guard with special care the anonymity of all AA members. Um, and I kind of shared in that meeting about how I've struggled with how to tell people that I'm in Al-Anon because, you know, well, the first question is obviously going to be, well, what's Al-Anon? Because no one knows. Right. Um, <laughs> I've gotten that one. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, once once I explain, oh, it's for family and fr- friends of alcoholics, it seems like the next logical question will be like, well, but you don't know any alcoholics, do you? You know, who in your life's an alcoholic? So, you know, so how do I share about my own experience in this program without outing someone else? Um, that I'm is not, always a struggle. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure. And then, you know, I'm also not sure, am I not talking about my experience in Al-Anon as a means of protecting a loved one's anonymity or am I just hiding because I don't want to deal with judgment from other people and you know it, there's probably some both there I don't I don't know I don't really have answers but yep. anyway it was a good meeting um, so yeah that was that was my week what about you Spencer so I, I think first I'm going to address a couple of things you said because I'll forget if I don't do it now okay um, what I have taken to saying is I'm in a 12-step program and I usually say that when it's relevant. Okay. Um, you know, like, yeah, so being in a 12-step program has really helped me to deal with these kinds of issues. Okay. Or something like that when something comes up. Um, and uh, and then and nobody ever says, oh, what program are you in? Really? I have never That's gotten that question. Surprising. I have never gotten that question. Huh. Uh, okay. I did, I did once, at least, um, I'm sure more than once, but I remember once when I was... I was starting with a, a small group uh, at church. We were going to be meeting together for I don't know, you know, six months every couple of weeks, and uh-huh. and I just figured I'm going to want to talk about this stuff. I'm going to lay it out at the beginning, and I said, yeah. So I'm in Al-Anon. Somehow I, I don't remember exactly. I mean, I probably didn't say it quite that bluntly. And and at least one person said, so what's Al-Anon? You know, so then I had to do the explanation thing. But yeah, um, and and and. I did not get that. And so, you know, you don't know any alcoholics, do you? Right? Um, but anyway. Yeah. Um, and the other thing was the vacation thing. 
um, which oh, yeah. I'm glad you reminded me because I do remember talking about that and, and relating it to, to meditation. And then I think it might have been the next day I was at work and I was talking to the guy at the next desk and he's like, yeah, I've got 30 days of vacation and I only get to carry 10 over to next year. Because uh-huh. apparently, like, he had not used any vacation at all this year. Um, and uh, I said, well, you're going to have to take off the whole month of December, clearly. <laughs> Basically, you know? And, of course, he's not going to. He's a workaholic kind of guy. But uh, that's his issue and not mine, thank goodness. Um, I want to talk about a couple of things. Well, okay, so well, the Wednesday meeting was on Step 11, and, and clearly we already know what I – had to say there, and I know I heard some things that that helped me, and some of those came out already in this podcast, and I really can't point to specific things and say, oh yeah, that came out of like what I heard somebody say on Wednesday, but there's definitely stuff there. Um, I was at a meeting yesterday morning, Saturday morning, and we had a, a newcomer in the meeting, and it's the, the tradition of that meeting to do a first step table when there's a newcomer. And I actually... That's a step meeting, so every week they they talk about a different step. And I had been sitting at the other table, and they were going to talk about step eight. And I was like, you know what? I think I want to talk about step one today. So I moved tables. And so I had this very interesting experience where the person who shared first almost everything she said about how she felt, how she reacted, what she thought coming into the program, how she what she heard people saying, how – you know. It just was like, yeah, me too, me too, me too, me too. <laughs> just like clicking these things off of my head. Oh, my God. Uh, so when it came to be my turn to share, I started out by saying everything she said, we'll take that as read. Uh, and then I could sort of proceed on from there, <laughs> um, you know, and talking about the th- things that, that, that were more relevant to my experience or whatever. And um, a person in that meeting who I think has been coming to Al-Anon for just a few months, um, shared some experience and the way in which they reacted to what happened, the way in which they, I was going to say responded, not reacted, uh, that I could see that there had been a huge amount of growth in just that short period of time. And, and, uh, you know, I went up, I went up to them after the meeting and told them so. I said, I just, I see, I, I see so much growth in you here, uh, from, from what you said today. I really want to congratulate you on that because I think, and I, I, I seem to recall talking about this in, in an earlier podcast. I really don't remember which episode, what subject that it's important for us to recognize other people's growth because, then hopefully other people do it for us because we don't always see it in ourselves. Uh, so when I see it in somebody, I try to, I just try to, you know, affirm that to them that I, that I see um, progress. Might, might've been the progress, not perfection episode. Uh. That's, that's very likely. So next week, um, next week we're going to talk about a slogan, which slogan you might ask, which slogan are we going to talk about? Well, I want you to help us decide what slogan we're going to talk about. I put a survey up on the website at therecoveryshow.com. And so you can go there and vote for your favorite slogan or slogans. I, I, I was not like the, you can only choose one guy. Um, it's not very helpful if you choose all of them though. Um, you know, try to pick the ones that, that you really would like to hear discussed. And 
We've already talked about a couple of slogans. I left those out, but there is a blank if you don't see the slogan you like. And uh, and so uh, it's a mystery, but it's going to be a slogan. All right. Um, so you can also uh, you know join the conversation. You can leave us a voicemail or send us an email. And uh, Maria, how can people do that? Okay, you can call and leave us a voicemail at 734-707-8795. Just put the podcast on pause and join the conversation at 734-707-8795. You can also use the voicemail button on the website to join the conversation from your computer. If you prefer not to use your voice, you can send email to feedback at com. We'd love to hear from you. Share your experience, strength, and hope, or your questions about today's topic of Step 11 or next week's topic of a slogan. If you have a topic you'd like us to talk about, let us know. Or a slogan. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, yeah, so if you want to know more about the show, you want to get those that phone number, that email address, because you're driving in your car and you couldn't write it down and you don't remember it, just uh, head on over to our website, which is therecoveryshow.com. And, you know, we're called The Recovery Show, and our website's therecoveryshow.com. So mm, hopefully you can remember at least that, because everything you need to know about the show is there. Uh, we have uh, notes for each episode. We have, hopefully, links to the things that we talked about in the episode, if I remember long enough, to get them in there. Uh, we post uh, links or YouTube videos when they're available of the music we play. And uh, a few other links to other recovery podcasts and websites that we like. And you can leave comments there um, and uh, just hop on over and, uh, and join the uh, conversation. Uh, Maria, do, do we have voicemails, emails, or comments this week? Do we have any feedback? Um, we do, but first let's listen to Angel by Sarah McLaughlin. Um, here's some lyrics from the song, Let me be empty and weightless, and maybe I'll find some peace tonight. In the arms of the angel, fly away from here, from this cold, dark hotel room, and the endlessness that you fear. You are pulled from the wreckage of your silent reverie. You're in the arms of the angel. May you find some comfort here. And I picked this song because it really, it spoke to me of sort of what can happen when when we find God's will and the power to carry it out, that, that we're lifted out of, you know, the wreckage of our silent reverie. Yeah. Spend all your time waiting For that second chance For a break that would make it okay There's always some reason To feel not good and it's hot at the end of the day I need some distraction Oh, beautiful release Memories seep from my veins Let me be empty Oh, weightless And maybe I'll find some peace Yeah. 
to start with a voicemail from Diana. Hi, my name is Diana, and I just want to thank you for continuing your broadcast now that the gals have left. Um, it's it's incredible what it does for me. My son is an alcoholic, um, an adult alcoholic, and I reach out and, and listen to your the old podcast, the new podcast. So thank you so much for doing what you do. I look forward to your continued success. Thanks. Bye. And thank you, Diana. Um, certainly intend to keep going, as you can tell. Uh, Maria, you want to read the email from Laura? Sure. Laura writes, Spencer, thank you for continuing the recovery show. I am so glad you are starting to sound happy again on the podcast. <laughs> I can imagine how difficult these changes have been for all of us. The great news is that you are able to continue to provide the Al-Anon support to those of us on the airways. I he- look forward to hearing you laugh again. Thanks and much respect, Laura. And she had a little tagline, live well, laugh often, love much, which is a good reminder. Uh, Riley uh, says, hi, Spencer. I'm so sorry to hear about Kelly and Swetha leaving, and I just wanted to say hang in there. You've done really incredible things with the podcast, and it's been extremely beneficial for me, and I know for many others that listen. I'm so grateful to have this resource available to me when I need it. I hope that you're feeling a bit better this week. Keep it up, and thanks for sharing, Riley. And his tagline says, You are the universe expressing itself as a human for a little while. Um, kind of like that. Like, you know, that's God in me. The universe in me. Nice. Nice. And uh, Ruth's... Uh, Ruth sent us an email with the Step 11 sharing, and she also had some other things to say. Maybe you could read those, Maria. Sure. Ruth says, Hi, guys. First, thank you for producing another episode. I hope you have had so much fun producing it as it is helpful to my recovery. As my home group is very sensitive in regard to not using non-conference-approved literature, I can't give the podcast real credits when I bring new ideas or perspectives into it, which I gained here. But following the 12th tradition where we maintain anonymity and place principles above personalities, it is okay, I guess. So it is not only me who listens, but even more people through me. Lately I hit home, the whole group was giggling and laughing when I was talking about that we may often feel powerless, but we always have the choice, the choice to make things worse. (laughs) I think everybody had something in mind that looking back he wished he had not done or said. I even did something yesterday when I tried to smooth the conflict between family members. The effect was that they carried it out some minutes later, so we had just more audience. Thank you, Higher Power, to show me what happens when I try to take over. As we are approaching the new year, I want to let you know that I love our Al-Anon traditions. I would appreciate to have podcasts on the traditions, too. I see them not only as guidelines how to conduct Al-Anon groups, but use them in all other affairs, as in my professional life, too, and that is so helpful. Take what you like and leave the rest. Grateful, Ruth. And thank you, Ruth. Um, We have a voicemail from Michelle. This came in response to the Changes episode. Uh, Part of it was uh, kind of more personal than the rest of it, and I I edited that out for what I'm going to play for the show here. Hi, this is Michelle. I'm calling from Raleigh, North Carolina, and I've been a faithful listener for quite a while now. Um, 
I found you guys actually, I guess I just Googled recovery and you guys came up, and then through you I discovered Mark's podcast, and I've really enjoyed both podcasts a lot. And I really am proud of you for pulling through and for making a commitment to going forward. And I know that you'll be able to find some some other people to help you with the podcast so that the whole burden doesn't fall on your shoulders. And I hope that you'll stay in the game because it, it means a lot to a lot of us. So take care, and, and thanks again for, for sharing yourself with everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you, Michelle. And thank you for the um, you know what everything that you said in, in your voicemail because um, – it 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 was helpful, um, and Laura, maybe the same Laura from the top, maybe not, um, left a comment on the website about our last episode. She said this was another wonderful episode. Spencer, you mentioned a site that uploads open talks daily. I would love the link if you posted it somewhere. And thanks as much so much as always. And yeah, that's um, it's called Recovery Radio Network. And we do have a link. It's in the right-hand, as we call it, in the biz sidebar on every page underneath the headings, podcasts we like. And actually, that that site, it like has this huge database of open talks, and they just like put up a link every Monday through Friday. There's a new one. And they're mixed. There's some AA. There's some Al-Anon. Um, some of them are long, like, conference uh, sessions, uh maybe three hours, six hours, which they break up into one-hour segments, more or less, um, as they would be at the conference because people have to take a break, you know. Um, so it's a great site, and uh, I, I recommend that you go check it out. Uh, we got some iTunes reviews over the past few weeks. Uh, Maria, you want to read this first one? Sure. Um, I simply can't thank you all enough. Five stars by Jules, Southern England from United Kingdom on uh, yeah. a date. Not important. Um, what an amazing podcast, podcast this is, created by such amazing people. So down-to-earth and honest, and such humor, it's great. I listen to these podcasts every lunchtime while stretching my legs. It clears my head and reminds me to put the focus back on me. Somehow, you give me the calm and serenity I need every single time. I recommend your podcast to friends in Al-Anon, too. Thank you for all this wonderful gift. It has been a lifesaver for me. Without listening to you all, I would surely have gone around the bend and the relationship with my alcoholic would not have survived. Today we are happy and looking forward and remembering that neither of us is perfect, but we can progress. Keep up the good work and what you are doing affects many in a very positive way. Thank you so much and take care. And and thank you, Jules. Um, uh, awesome. It's so great to be able to use this resource when you can't or don't have time to go to a meeting. The topics are relevant, and the hosts and guest hosts are great to listen to. This is an important tool in my recovery. Keep up the good work and keep the new podcasts coming. Want to read Ruth? Um, okay. Uh, Ruth T. writes, I love this podcast. It is so great that I can get a piece of recovery anytime I need it by listening to The Recovery Show. I found it in a moment of desperation and have kept listening ever since. Thank you for all that you do. And we have a, another thank you from uh, Dembia in the United States. I cannot thank you enough for putting in all the time and effort it must take to produce the podcast. The shows speak of hope and the tools of Al-Anon that aid recovery. I especially enjoy listening when I'm driving alone or going for a walk on the trails. It's like having an uplifting meeting whenever and wherever I need it. Know that you are touching many lives. Thank you and God bless you. And I thank all of you because the iTunes reviews and ratings uh, keep us near the front of, of the search when people are looking for uh, recovery. We're looking for a podcast about recovery. And uh, 
We are still looking forward to our first anniversary podcast. That's coming up real soon. So this is number 50, right? So the first anniversary is going to be like 52 or 53, depending how you count it. And the topic of that podcast is my story. We would like to include as many of your voices and stories as possible. We encourage you to tell us your story in five or ten minutes to be included in the podcast. I would like to assemble the show during the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday weekend, November 28th to December 1st, 2013. Yes, I'm giving you a deadline. Please send your contributions before November 26th, especially if you're sharing your voice, because I'll be visiting my parents who have limited internet connections, so it might be a little harder to download those voice contributions. And how can you share your story? Well, you can send an email. You can record your voice on your smartphone with like something like Voice Memo on the iPhone and then email it or sharing it through an online service. And you used some service to send me that um, huge hour-long yeah, Chinese music. Uh, uh, I think it's called Hightail.com now. It used to be YouSendIt.com. Yeah, so there are different ways to, to send it sort of. Um, and uh, Or you can use the voicemail number. You can use the voicemail button on the website. But for those... You get a limited amount of time to talk, and then you have to start over. I mean, you have to, like, hang up and call back. Um, so that's a little trickier. you got to break your story up into sections. Um, and uh, however uh, you do, please uh, do contribute your story. And I've heard from a number of people. Some have sent stuff. Some are saying, yes, I'm going to. And, in fact, the whole deadline was prompted by somebody saying, so when do you want it by? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, because I kind of need a deadline if I'm going to get it done. <laughs> I said, okay, you got a deadline, November 26th. Get it in. Thank you. Um, And um, we're working on uh, bringing in, we had a couple of um, requests, uh, suggestions for people say, hey, you know, you could bring in people from around the country because recovery language and meetings are a little bit different in different parts of the country. And, you know, it'd be good to get some diversity. And I totally agree with that. And I figured out how to hook my phone into our recording system so that uh, we could we can bring in one outside guest by phone. Uh, also, uh, should be able to do it with uh, Skype or Google Hangout or one of those other online uh, communication mechanisms. So if you're interested, uh, let us know and we'll work out the details. Like if you want to talk about a slogan, let me know. Feedback at com. We're waiting for you doesn't cost you anything to listen to The Recovery Show, but we do have expenses, which run about $40 a month. You can help to support us and keep us on the web and in your ear in a couple of ways. We have a donation button on the website where you can support us directly, just like Becky did. We have put together a list of recovery-related books. Click on the books link at the top of the page. If you order one of these books from Amazon through our website, we will receive a small commission. In fact, you can order anything from Amazon using the search box at the bottom of the books page. It costs you nothing extra and helps to keep us on the air. Thank you for your support in whatever form you give it, including just listening to us. We are here for you. Okay, and we're going to close the show with the song Somewhere Only We Know by Lily Allen. And so here's a higher power kind of experience. I was, we had a couple of song suggestions and I was looking for more so I opened up Spotify because I thought, I don't know, maybe I'll do a search for like meditation or something, although that didn't seem likely to pull up useful songs. So I opened up Spotify and it opens up on the page that says, hey, you might be interested in this artist and you might like to listen to this song. And there was this song, Somewhere somewhere Only We Know by Lily Allen. And I clicked on it and I'm like, whoa, this works for me. 
because to me the song speaks of connecting with a higher power, finding the strength to carry out that higher power as well. The opening lyrics starts out, I walked across an empty land. I knew the pathway like the back of my hand. I felt the earth beneath my feet, sat by the river, and it made me complete. Oh, simple thing, where have you gone? I'm getting tired, and I need someone to rely on. I walked across an empty land. I knew the pathway like the back of my hand. I felt the earth beneath my feet, sat by the river, and it made me complete. Oh, simple Thank you for listening, and please keep coming back. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about a problem you are facing today, feel free to contact us so that we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding, love, and peace growing you one day at a time. Is this the place that I've been dreaming of? A simple thing.